Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Rawcast, this season three, episode one. Uh, yeah, welcome to the season proper. How exciting, I guess. Welcome to the new season. Oh, yeah, the new season. Saison nouveau. Um, yeah, my name's Chad Friend. I'm joined on my right by, of course, Dave Stewart. Hi, guys. And on my left, Adam Coleman. Hello, hello. And we're back again for a brand new season of Raw Football, and now we can finally just stop talking crap and actually start talking real football again. We've had the entree, now it's time for the main course. Thank That's God. it. That oh, feels back good. On, back on your screens as well this week. Yeah, so back if you're listening your to, the, to the podcast on your device, your iPod, or wherever it might be, mm. Get online and view the video as well. And, and the original trio, you know, we've had we've had Ben, we've had Troy the past few weeks, so we've got the original team. This is good. That's correct. Excellent. No disrespect to them, by the way, but this is good. There you go. <laughs> well, let's get started off with uh, with I guess the way things are going to run. So, I mean, obviously we don't have a game to preview. Uh, sorry, review. Um, so we'll just be finishing off the tail end of the. Uh, of the pre-season. of the preseason, touching on a little bit of league and raw news, I guess, uh, and then just previewing our our big one against Willie Pete yep. coming up. Sounds good. Well, let's get started. I guess to kind of finish off um, our last little bit of the preseason was the eleven uh, one win over Olympic. Yep. Um, Thrashing. How was yeah, like flogging, sh- mm, yeah. shocking. Um, Adam, take us from your uh, point of view. What what happened? Give us a very brief synopsis. Um, I think it's just the kind of game... I know a lot of people will say that the Raw played very well, and certainly if you're putting 11 goals on the board, you certainly validate that argument. I suppose from Olympics' perspective, they were preparing for their National Premier League semi-final against Sydney United a week later, which we'll get to a little bit later. And as we can sort of see by the way... <laughs> the second half developed. I mean, that was really where what had been a a close game up to that point just became one-way traffic. I think the most pleasing thing about it that that we can uh, appreciate as Raw fans was that at no point in the second half did we take the foot off the pedal. Hmm. We just kept going and going, and the players you could tell really wanted to, to get in amongst it. Um, Olympic backed off a bit, so there's certainly a lot to have been learned on both sides, but I was just more impressed with Enrique's return and the fact that 
we are playing at the full 90 minutes with extremely high intensity at the moment. There you go. And uh, 11-1, what was uh, your take on it, Dave? Why was the scoreline such? I think Enrique's introduction actually had a big big influence on the game. Uh, he came in about half an hour ago. Uh, it's his first game in preseason. I really think he had a point to prove because there's a lot of people, and I think we've said it on the podcast, on the show before, he, we, we've wondered whether or not he'll be worthwhile keeping around, whether he's going to yeah, bring Yeah, keeping it at all. And, and I think he really had a point to prove. And he went out there, he scored three goals, he set up another two. So in the space of his 30-minute cameo, he's been involved in almost half the goals on the pitch. And he was extremely comfortable in attack, whether, whether yeah. creating his own opportunities. Like, he really seemed quite comfortable in making runs at defenders, whereas in years past with his injuries, maybe mm. he'd, he'd softened a little bit, yeah. maybe a bit scared, whereas he just had he absolutely no fear. Raring to go, absolutely raring. I think it was the, uh, the the game, aside from that, a couple of things highlighted for me. Uh, Litfin looked all right in the, in the centre midfield role. Yep. Um, he held, I think, was he, was he defensive midfielder or was he centre midfielder? Uh, he was mostly central. I think he was centre midfielder. Yeah. But he looked good in there. He, he'll be, we'll see how much time he gets on the pitch this year. But he looked uh, like a decent enough backup. Uh, and Mackay. Um, the, the movement between uh, Mackay and Broish down that left-hand side... Mm. It's just incredible. They, they're working so well together, and Mackay's only just come back. It's funny you're talking about combinations. The one thing that I was very impressed with, Franic seemed to be moving very fluidly between the defensive line and the attacking line. He, he pretty much commanded the right-hand side of the field, but he wasn't really fixed to one spot. Mm. If, if ever they needed to absorb a bit of pressure defensively, he'd sit very far back, pretty much on, on the defensive box. But often during attack, he'd push all the way up to the attacking box, and he was everywhere in between, making shots, making runs, making passes. Mm. It, it was a very fluid midfield motion to see him do it, and hopefully we'll think, see more of that this season. I think that's it, 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 yeah, it changed it. A lot to do with the whole midfield, I think, very much that, that yeah. way. The only disappointment out of that game that I could find, and an 11-1 win, uh, you, you assume I can say the one goal, but it wasn't the one goal, it was Julius Davies' performance uh, left back. He just wasn't on his toes. He was on his heels for a lot of the game. He just wasn't, didn't seem to be there at the races. And I'd hope, I really hope that's not a, a prediction of what will come or a, you know, a guide as to what's to come with him. I really hope he can kind of improve. But he doesn't seem to be, I don't know, for me, he doesn't seem to be at that level. So, 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 so Davies perhaps isn't comfortable playing that deep on the park. Maybe could be that it because be. don't forget when he originally debuted for us. Uh, I think during the middle of the season, um, he was brought on as pretty much a left winger mm. and, and attacking. He was very much up in that attacking corner. Maybe putting him that far back on the field is just not a comfort zone. Well, I think the thing that I what I thought he struggled with was the fact he was I mean, he was starting further back. Um, <laughs> Which I get closer to Adam later on. Yeah, you're uh, starting. You're starting further back, um, and he wasn't really anticipating that ball going forward. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily his defensive work. His defensive work was adequate for someone that's not really playing fullback all that often. Yeah, it was the attacking runs from fullback. I think he was struggling with because he wasn't used to being that far back on the pitch in the first place, and, and having the track far that far back as well. Exactly. Maybe he's just out of breath, and it's, it just yeah doesn't have the fitness for that. Mm. So with Doe, um, or Davies, or whatever the hell he's called, mm. um, what's the story with him playing a left uh, back role instead of his usual... His, stein, his striker, is he not? 
Yeah, well, yeah, he's a natural attacker. I suppose the idea was they wanted to sort of <clears throat> shelve Stefanudo and Brown, keep them fresh. Um, it provides Davies with game time opportunities. Mm. Um, yeah, it was it was a little bit left of centre, but I suppose one of the ideas as well, maybe Mulby wants to do is develop more rounded players. So instead of I making them making them position positions specific, he's trying to say, well, look, let's let's see how you're liking this in this situation and see if we can develop those aspects. I mean, I, I sort of go back to my old Brisbane Strikers days, and I think of a guy by the name of Stuart McLaren, a guy who would end up being the captain and coach of the team. He was brought in as a forward. That was that was his skill. That's what he did. And it was just um, very quickly he was converted into a defender <clears throat> and became an absolutely fantastic defender. Mm, so maybe, Much in the opposite direction the Franish has gone. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Basically. So I suppose it's that element of, you know, not trying to pigeonhole players in one certain style. I think that's something that Mulvey's done all pre-season, because you look at Corey Brown. Yeah, he's Corey Brown's a great left wing. He's been fantastic at left wing, but he's traditionally a left back. He's there to replace Steph. Mm. So I think it's a I think it's a combination of Mulvey trying to get have all of his players play at least be able to play at two positions at least. Yeah. Um, so he can kind of cover things in case there are injuries and, and the like. And, and plus, it can uh, come in very handy during a game if he wants to switch up a team. Uh, you know, with a substitution or a formation change, a movement change. You know, he might say, "Okay, Corey Brown, you're playing left back. You move up to left wing, and we'll have our three defensive guys and our defensive midfield a lot deeper. Suddenly, you still have your four man defensive line." But it, it gives you that that aspect sure. that Corey Brown might bring to the left hand side. <clears throat> yeah, there you go. And I guess uh, was there anything else? Probably not too noteworthy from the Olympic game. I mean, I think you've summed well, no. it up pretty well. It was a pretty comprehensive kind of drubbing. Yeah, and um, it should be pointed out um, after the game as well. There was a second match on the card. It was the uh, Brisbane Raw W League side facing off against the Olympic under-16 team. Now, I don't know the full-time score, but uh, I know Olympic were up 2-0 at half-time. Olympic won 4-0. Oh, okay. So, yeah, hmm. young ladies did all right in that game. But I think it was good also for the W League side to get a bit of a run out. I think that was their first actual match as a, as a team for the season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, fantastic. There you go. Good. Uh, so, I guess, moving on, um, and... Just to kind of tally up the the preseason goal scorers, Dave, you've done a bit of work on yeah, on just, this. Yeah, just did a bit of a, a tally up uh, thanks to Wikipedia, the in, always <clears throat> perfect source for every bit of information you need about football. Um, best, I think you mentioned yeah, a couple of, couple of shows ago. Best hadn't been that prolific. <laughs> yeah, I thought it, I um, thought he'd been quiet. Turns uh, he, out I was he, he badly top scored wrong. with nine goals in preseason. Um, Kwame Hiboa, <laughs> Kwame Hiboa got six, uh, all of which in the last four games. Kwame's just been on fire. Like, yeah, he's, and he's, he's really that, coming to his own. Yeah, and, and I honestly think, we'll come to the Wellington game in a moment, but I think he'll at least earn himself a bench spot for such yeah. form. Um, and then you've got a few other players, Broich, Brown, and uh, Petratos. Now, Corey Brown is a surprising name in amongst that. Like Maybe like Broich scoring in pre-season friendlies is understandable because of his experience. <clears throat> Petratos being brought in as, a, as an extra forward. But who would have picked Corey Brown? He certainly well, no one would have picked him to be anything further than than the halfway line most of the time. I'd exactly, say. yeah, and he's had some so. great strikes. Obviously, he's, he's learned a bit from his old man. Mm. The thing that uh, I find actually really interesting from this is the next one. Um, Antonio Murray, three goals, mm-hmm. scored a couple against uh, Albany Creek, yep, and one against someone else that I can't recall who it was right now. Uh, it might have been Strikers. I think, um, I think that's about right, yeah. But no contract. So he, he's shown this form early on, and Mulvey's obviously decided, you know what, 
either, well, I think we've discussed it previously in one of the previous shows, maybe too much money for him, or maybe just not the right fit. Visa or spot. Visa spot, or the fact your bowers maybe showed, showed him something in pre-season as well. Yeah, I mean, certainly that was the, the most interesting aspect of it. There was a lot of talk that we had during the off-season that was Murray going to be the backup option for Barisha, and I think with your bowers' efforts, he's, he's usurped... Uh, Murray in that role easily. He, I mean, he, he's earned the right for us. Yeboah scored that. against A League opposition. And mm. let's not forget uh, on also that note, uh, Antonio Murray scored three. Also Liam Miller and uh, Brandon Barello, but also Enrique. Mm. I mean, Enrique is the traditional backup for for Bess. Yeah. Um, you know, we are always so used to seeing uh, the raw play with uh, a 4-3-3 kind of setup, and the, the three up front pretty much eventually evolved into being Ricky when he's fit, mm-hmm. Barisha, and since the advent of halfway through last season, Franich. Yeah. Um, and before that, there was a lot of Halloran. Yeah, and before that, so. there was a lot of Halloran. And Halloran was in the mix. It was Halloran, Enrique, you know, switched yeah. it up and things like that. Um, what do you think we're going to play um, f- for, for this upcoming game, basically? Um, we, we may as well, if we just briefly flick through, um, Brendan Borrello, uh, three goals, as I said, Diego Ferreira, uh, Ben Lipfin and, and Matty Mackay with two, Shannon Brady, Christian Georgiopoulos, uh, Jack Ingott and Patrick Theodore, of which I probably only know one of those names in there. There are some youth guys. Yeah, there are yeah. some youth so, guys. Are, uh, one, the future stars. Uh, one goal each. But moving on to this, we may as well get on to the next game, Wellington Phoenix. So let's yeah. preview this. And kind of arcing in that question is, what system are we going to play for this season? Starting with this game. What's what's going to happen? Uh, I don't think it's going to be too different. Uh, Dave. Yes. Get the viewers all confused yeah, now, mate. Um, I don't think it's going to be too different. I think we're still going to still with our, our four at the back. Um, you know, midfield Trident and the two wingers in the strike okay. front. So, so I don't think it's going to change at all. Name me the front three. Uh, well, this is actually one of the questions we're going to have later on the quick fire fight. So we'll push forward onto this question then, I suppose, and come back later maybe. But um, so I'll answer this question now, I should say. So front three, I think we've got Bess in, in the middle quite easily. Yep. Roche on the left and Frenich up front. Uh, yep. Frenich on the right, sorry. So I think that's that's still going to be the, the front three. That's that. Yeah. Go back to your middle. Next two, Mackay uh, and Miller with yep. Bratton just in behind them. Yep, okay, yep. Next setback. Uh, left uh, with Stefanuto, uh, North and Smith in the middle, and on the right-hand side, Hingert. Then obviously the own goals. Yep, the own goals. And who are your? How many bench spots do we five have now? We're now at five. Five. Yeah. So five bench spots. You obviously have to have Acton, uh, given he's a keeper. Um, I've got I think Donaghy, Yubaya, Rike, and the next one's the toss up for me. Actually, I take that back. Sorry, the Enrique, Petrados, and Ferreira. Three of those guys will battle for two spots. Yeah. And I think that will change periodically. I think your bowl will probably change a little bit as well. Uh, depending on form, but um, at this stage you'd have to have your bowler, you'd have to have uh, Ricky, and it'll either be Petrados or or Ferreira. At this stage, in my opinion, that would would fill that fifth spot. There you go. Mm. And Adam, would you agree with that? Uh, that the lineup. The lineup. Yeah. yeah. No, I feel that's the way it's going to go. Do you think? Would you alter any of it? The only thing that I think is going to be interesting is the role Corey Brown plays. He's had a fantastic preseason, but there's no doubt that. 
um, especially from what I've heard, uh, apparently Stefanito has just been running his, his, his legs off in the preseason. He's really wanting to prove that he might be the oldest member of the squad, but by no means is he finished. Apparently the effort he has put in has been second to none. So, so Steph has certainly made his side of the argument clear. He's not going away without a fight. So then the question is, well, is there a way we can utilize Corey Brown right here and now? Now, as Dave said, obviously we want Donaghy on the bench for defensive purposes. Um, and if you've got, you know, Yaboa, Enrique Petrados, and maybe include Brown in that conversation, it's amazing to think that, you know, there are going to be some fantastic players who aren't even going to get on the bench. I mean, it's obviously going to help us once we hit sort of the, the middle parts of the season. Now, keep in mind we won't have Mackay for most likely the first game against Wellington, so maybe mm. that will allow an opportunity to bring Brown in on the bench and maybe, you know, throw Enrique and Yaboa into the starting lineup. But apart from that, if, if those are our 11 starters and five bench, we are looking very strong for this season. It's quite amazing. Okay. Yep, good. And I guess um, coming down to it, if we just preview our opposition, Ernie Merrick is now in uh, charge of uh, Wellington Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know who plays for Phoenix. Well, I mean, I do. But well, they've got Carlos Fernandez, Paul Eiffel. Yeah, that's it. Um, um, I believe Brent, Brent. they've got another Costa Rican by the name of Kenny Cunningham. Yeah, who, yeah. Uh, Costa Rican by the name of Kenny Cunningham. Yeah, right. Bit of it. He came from. Get this. He came from a club in Bolivia called the Strongest Club. Oh, the strong. Oh, I do know so, the strongest. Yeah, yeah. So he's, you know, he's he's one of the import players to strike, I believe. But and there was a story today about the latest import that they've got. He was a a doctor in Spain who decided to go see the world. He found himself in New Zealand, decided to take up playing again. Um, played for I think Wellington City or it might have even been Auckland City. I might be wrong there. Oh. Um, in the local New Zealand league. Yeah. Um, Phoenix came up against them and Ernie Merrick was so impressed he's offered him one of the import spots. Apparently wow. he, he rates him very highly. He, he feels that within his system uh, he'll be a nice little asset. So crazy dreams come true. Keep an eye out for that guy. There you go. Yeah. Well, that's a bit bizarre. Spanish doctor. Back, so I guess... Backpack your way into the A-League. We've got a, uh, a Spanish uh, medical ring-in. We have a... a an Anglophone Costa Rican. Costa Rican. Mm. Um, KFC loving Costa Rican. Yeah, yeah KFC loving Costa Rican. We have the usual suspect in Paul Eiffel. And Jeremy Brocky returning from his loan spell with uh, Toronto FC in the Major League Soccer, where he actually performed pretty badly. Only one goal in his uh, 10 game spell with the Canadians. There you go. And has so, anything else really happened with the Phoenix? Or? Not that I'm aware of, but then again, I don't really get onto the Wellington Phoenix yeah, forums or anything like that. To, too yeah, no, so. it doesn't really look like they've had much as far as um, in goings or outgoings, just basically like sort of minor members of the squad. They haven't really tried to make a bold statement that they're going to, you know, really challenge for the top six. So but maybe it'd be interesting to see. I mean, we can't certainly uh, dash Ernie. Uh, write Ernie Merrick off because he's, Ernie Merrick is he's one of the most successful yeah. coaches in the A-League. He's It'll be interesting it to see the dynamic, though, um, between Ricky Herbert's All-Whites and Wellington Phoenix's uh, uh, with, with Ernie Merrick, yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that goes, yeah. because especially because they're looking at getting a few players of theirs stripped for this well, most mm-hmm. of yeah, them, the yeah, including guys like Jeremy Brockie and yeah, 
Well, there's, there's no, no, no longer that conflict of interest though, with the manager as well, which is probably a good thing for Wellington, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. It gives them a chance to break away from the, well, we're going to set players or where they can actually fight for their players to stay with the yeah, team yeah. it's a non-FIFA yeah. day and the like. And speaking of FIFA guys who won't be there, um, uh, former Australian Andrew Durante was recently... Um, confirmed that he could play for New Zealand. So, and I believe he's in the squad that's been selected for these New Zealand friendly. So that's another guy that's going to be out for them. So, mm-hmm. no, the Phoenix are really going to look. So we thought quite we were here badly with Matt Mackay, and yeah. they're going to lose half their squad to the New Zealand All Whites. Mm. There, there you go. For two inconsequential oh, no, 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 friendlies. No, no. Wait a minute. Oh, they are too. I was going to say, who are the All Whites aren't playing anyone because they've just got to play the playoff thing, but they're playing in the US, aren't they? Or yeah, Mexico. Yeah, yeah, no. What's happening is um, for the recent floods that happened in Mexico, uh, Chivas USA, the Major League Soccer team, have organised a tournament to be held at the LA Coliseum um, basically this weekend. They're having uh, a couple of Liga MX sides from Mexico. Chivas themselves, because Chivas, it turns out, has a 17-day break in Major League Soccer. I don't know how they managed to achieve that. A weird little quirk of the schedule. Because they played Galaxy the other day, didn't they? Yeah, and they got absolutely pantsed, 5-0. Did they? Yeah, good work, Landon Donovan. Um, So what they've created is uh, on the 9th and the 12th of October, they're having basically two uh, quadruple headers at uh, the... LA Coliseum, and all the funds will go towards the uh, charities regarding the Mexican floods. So, and, and New Zealand's involved in that. So New Zealand will play, I believe, Chivas in one of the games, um, and a team called Quintero um, from the Liga MX in Mexico. It's kind of a bizarre it's not, it's not a tor- it's not, rivals, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of bizarre. It's like uh, a Mexican team, you know, an honorary Mexican team that mm. just happens to be in America, and the New Zealand national team. Yeah. Seems a bit bizarre. But I guess moving on, mm. what do you guys make of uh, uh, Willie Pete's record at the cake tin? You know, it's a formidable atmosphere. Everyone's going to be pretty G'd up for the new A-League season, just like we are. Well, that's it. First game of the what's, season, they'll, what's they'll, happen? they'll be putting a lot of effort, all the supporters anyway, put a lot of effort in the stands to get just their really teams across. the wrong colours. Yeah. Really, yeah. Wellington here. Well, actually, technically both you're supporting Wellington there. Mine's sort of, mine, mine's yeah, grey yeah. or anything else. I'm more event kit. I think, uh, I think the badge on the shirt yeah. says otherwise. It was anyway, obscured by your arm. Anyway, um, I think they'll, the, the fans will be right up for it. I think Wellington will be right up for it, given it's their first game of the season. That's at home and that sort of stuff as well. I don't know what their form is like you know, in traditionally in their first game at home. Um, it's not going to be a walkover, though. I think Wellington... I can see them scoring once. I'm hoping we can score at least twice and we'll call it 2-1 draw. Yep. But um, it's not going to be... We're not going to pants them. That's your means. prediction. What's your prediction, Adam? I don't think Wellington are going to be anywhere near as strong. Uh, a report that came out today regarding crowds... Uh, as to how crowds are tracking for, for round one, because they're talking about an aggregate record... They're only expecting 7,000 in Wellington. Um, my feeling is is that you've got a squad that's weakened, you know, you're going to have a half-strong st- squad, and that are still coming together. They've really only been playing um, pre-season games against New Zealand club sides. They've not really played a lot of A-League teams. Um, have they played any A-League teams? I think they, um, they played... Uh, uh, the Wanderers in Blacktown. That was a, that was a last-minute winner by Santa Lab. Um, I don't know. A lot of people want to talk up the Phoenix. I just Mer- Merrick will give them a bit, and Hernandez will give them a bit. But they need they need the same output from Jeremy Brocky, and they need Eiffel to lift, and they perhaps need one of their other imports to lift. 
Um, I, I can't see the home aspect being the fortress that it used to be. Uh, I think well, I can Wellington say are a bit from, of a transitional 7,000 isn't much, is it? No, not for a stadium like that as well. I mean, I was there last year when we played around three or four. Mm. And, you know, I think there was maybe... Ten or eleven thousand there at the time. Yeah, and, and when you was, have it in that it ground, it's, 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 it's kind of like it's can ever as like Suncorp can be with that sort of a crowd. It's just well, it's more like the Gabba. Obviously, the fact that it's an oval ground, so that's the thing. You know, when you when you've got a third the ground as well. Yeah, when you got a third full ground and the seats aren't close to the action, it's not quite as daunting. But I mean, even with that, I mean, seven thousand is bad. Full stop. Let alone it's it's heart esque. You know, mm. it doesn't matter if you're in a well. Fingers crossed, they can get a stadium. few more out there for that game. Yeah, let's see. Hopefully, have more walk ups. And I mean, that's the mm. thing. People haven't got any reason to stay away because you're going to see Brisbane, who are a bloody good team. And you're going to see, you know, your home side. You think that's the first thing, you. you know, that's the thing, is that you haven't, you don't know how the season's yeah. going to go, you get stuck in. Um, your prediction, your very, very, very quick prediction to the scoreline. <sighs> Raw 2, Phoenix nil. Cool, and my prediction is uh, 3-1 to the Brisbane Raw. Uh, and Dave, what's your... Oh, I said 2-1. 2-1. Okay. Uh, and so I guess uh, moving on from that uh, to other news, uh, it's worthwhile uh, kind of, again, arcing back to our original topic, uh, that Olympic prepared for that MPL semi-final yep. mm. and were beaten um, by Sydney United 58. Yep. 4-3. Uh, to, to the tune of 4-3. Yeah. By all accounts, it was a relatively close game, but Sydney uh, got across the line. And In my opinion, Sydney United 58 were a much better side. Yeah. Oh, were you uh, there? I can agree with yeah, that. Yeah, Adam yeah, yeah, were both there. there. Both yeah, yeah. Uh, they were a much better side. Olympic were fortunate for the very first goal. I don't think they're... Sydney defender could have belted it hard enough into his own net. Yeah. It was easily the most epic own goal I've ever seen. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it was um, amazing. Olympic scored twice off corners, um, you know, decent headers, but, uh, you know, Sydney United could have been ahead by a lot more, and they've only, the only thing that was really stopped more goals in this game was the South End's goal frame. Yeah, it was struck about five times by the two teams. So mm. it was, uh, it was, and, it was and, and decent woodwork efforts as well. Just decent efforts, amazing. Which was beating the keeper, <laughs> hand, hand over for but yeah, it was um, Sydney United in terms of the actual game. Sydney United were the better side. There you go, and they deserve to go through. There you go. Mm. Uh, so I guess Sydney United go on and they play either the SA or the Tasmanian team. Which was it? held the next day, and I don't know what the score of that was. It was a South Hobart representing Tasmania and Campbelltown City representing South Australia. I don't know the score of that. There you go. So I assume so that final is this weekend. Let us know, that guys. is correct, yes. Let us know. Well, if you know the score, for... post it on our Facebook. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure we'll Google it mm. afterwards. Uh, season launch happened. You guys were at the season launch. Yes, I did. wasn't. Um, what was that like? Oh, it was a nice little uh, day out at the park at New Farm on Saturday. Same, same, but different from other season launches. I felt was, I felt it was exactly the same as last year's. To be yeah, honest, as totally different was it? Yeah, no. Except the different was you know we weren't you know handing a jersey to Yuji Takahashi. With, wow. You know, with positivity, and we, did, and we didn't have, um, you know, Rado talking up our chances. Yeah, Rado, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. that was the, the yeah, key difference. It wasn't too much different from last year, was it? Yeah, yeah but it was... It was, it was, it was I mean, they introduced year. both the women's, the men's, and the youth side. Yeah. And that was about it. Um, but yeah, nice fun day out. Good to catch up with people, and good to see the players raring to go. Yeah, no, it's fun. And uh, Dave, introduce this next piece of news to us for us, would you? Yeah, well, one of the things that came out of that season launch, actually, was um, in regards to the W League games. 
Now, of course, uh, the W League uh, had six home games, two at uh, Cusack uh, in Nathan, two at Perry Park in Bowen Hills, and two up at Penpouse, home ground of AJ Kelly. Um, so six home games in total. They've provoked giving out cards on the season launch to uh, say, you know, if you attend four of the games, you go into the draw for uh, a trip to Brazil uh, for two. To the World Cup, I think, wasn't it? I don't know. All, it says, all, it says, all it says the trip to Brazil, which yeah, even yeah. on its own is pretty good. It's pretty awesome. <clears throat> the second thing was, though, if you attend all six games, you get your little stamp at the game. You get two entries into this into the draw. So, I mean, just for going into the game, it's a good incentive. If you're a season member anyway, you get free entry into those games. Mm. So, you know, show your season ticket and jump on board and get a few games and go to some of the women's games because we got the best uh, Euro or the best European goalkeeper at the moment playing for Brisbane. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, sorry, we've, we've got the we've got the first ever European Women's Football Player of the Year. Same thing. Same thing. Who just won the European <laughs> Championship with Germany? Who's won three Olympic bronze medals? So she's pretty freaking. One hundred and twenty caps. Like the Lionel Messi of uh, women. I would except say, she I would plays s- in goals. I would say the yeah. Ol- I would say the Oliver Kahn, a German stalwart who takes no. But I mean, she's in in effect won the the uh, the Balloon d'Or, I guess, yeah. is, is of the world. Mm. Um, not she's Europe, an absolutely class player. Balloon d'Or, Ballon d'Or, Ballon d'Or, yeah. I thought Ballon d'Or was of the world, yeah. Yeah, yeah I believe Ballon d'Or, so. yeah. We'll go with that. Yeah. What is it, Spanish? It's called a FIFA World Cup. It sounds very French. French I was going to say if it's... Ballon d'Or. Yeah. Ballon in French is uh, ball and... Uh, well, d'Or, I guess, is a ball of gold. Okay. So yeah. Golden balls. A golden ball. Yeah. Lionel Messi has golden Easy balls. Enough. We've just yeah, clarified it. Get out to the Women's League games, get your little tickets and get them stamped and... Um, and yeah, go under the draw for a trip to Brazil. Cool. It couldn't be easier. And let's finish off in the last two and a half minutes with the quick fire five. All right, guys. Now, we've already answered one of them during this show. Um, so thank you to Tony Swift for your question about the the best 11. Uh, so we're one down, four to go, guys. Yep, and it's well, probably easy. worth mentioning Tony Swift's, his own uh, best 11, uh, is a 4-2-3-1 setup. Um, coming from the back, Theo... Hingert Smith North, Steph, Brat Mackay Miller, Franjic, Bruch, Barisha, and on the bench he has Acton, Donachi, Yaboa, Enrique, and Petrados. Yeah, nice work, Tony. Very strong. Yeah. Alright, the next, uh, well, the other question, or next question, was from Christopher Bogoski, regular contributor, so thanks, Chris. Uh, who will score the opening goal of the season? And I'm assuming he means for Brisbane and not in the Sydney-Newcastle game on Friday night. <laughs> so uh, Best up, Barija, and just to make sure, uh, Del Piero. Okay. Um, I'm thinking I'm thinking it'll be an own goal off Carlos Hernandez's expanding KFC gut. And Chinese. I'm going to go Joel Chinese for Sydney. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll say, um, I'll say Franich score the first one for us. And just for shits and giggles, um, Biragetti to score from the spot. Because <laughs> why not? Um, second question, uh, this one from Warren Betts. And uh, thank you, Warren, because Adam was going to ask this question himself. Yep. But you've said it better than him, so we're going to go with your one. Uh, now, with Brescia being our main goal scorer for the season, well, I'm assuming that he's going to be the main goal scorer. Uh, who will be our second and third leading scorers, and how many for the role would uh, how many for the role to be title contenders? So, how many does second uh, the second highest scorer and the third highest scorer need to score for us to be up in contention? Uh, Adam, 
This one's going to be a tough one. Um, you look at guys like, you know, Broish, Miller and Mackay. Keep in mind, this is a quick fire fire. Yes, we need two <laughs> names and two numbers. Kwame Yaboa needs to score at least five goals. Okay. I think Broish needs to score five goals at least as well. Okay, so... Yaboa and Broish with five goals apiece. Franich will be the tricky one. Yeah, I'll go with uh, a kind of a dead heat between Franich and Broich. Uh, how much did Broich score last year? Top five? Only, no, oh, no. Maybe three or so. Yeah, it was about three. But right, cool. Yeah, because our second top goal scorer last year was Halloran with four. Okay, in that case then, what I would say is Broich, four to five, Franich, Seven, why not? Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to, even though it's not asking for it, Yaboa to just kind of make up the difference there, um, but just to fill in three, four goals. And it's interesting to think that we've left on Rick out of this discussion. That, that's going to be—he's he's going to be an X factor. It's not necessarily that I don't think Enrique will score. It's just the fact that I hope Enrique gets half a chance to score. Yeah, I mean cool. that's the, the selection for myself. I say Franich. I honestly think Franich is going to have a massive year. Um, playing on the right wing, I think is our score six or seven, um, and Miller with maybe four. Oh, Miller, I didn't even think about that. It was still got Mackay and things like. That. It's a very difficult question. Well, Mackay's never been traditionally a strong goal scorer. Yeah, like, I was thought about that, but I left him out. But I yeah. mean, if you play up there, I mean, you know, and that's the thing is that even I mean, he scored two in preseason. Yeah. I mean, if that's to in the one game, thing, yeah, there you go. Alright, uh, fourth question. Now we're going to keep this one quick, guys. I really want to keep it because there's a lot of teams you have to nominate here. What's your predicted top six for the coming season? That one from Jim Maloney. Thanks, Jim. Um, no particular order. Just nominate six teams. Chad? It's going to be easy for me to just go down in order. Uh, Brisbane, Victory Wanderers, um, Hart. Oh, God, I forgot Central Coast. Central Coast, Hart. Um, oh, Newcastle's up there as well. Who else have I forgotten? Yeah, yeah, Newcastle. No, yeah, that that sounds good. Adam, I don't think it? Sydney will make it. Okay, I'm going to go Brisbane. Sydney, Wanderers, Mariners will scrape in. Melbourne victory, and my roughie is Adelaide United. Is that in order, or...? No, it's not in any order. It's just yeah, I was... Actually, that sounds pretty good. I'm going to go with yours. <laughs> <laughs> um... I'll obviously say Brisbane as well. No need to say that. No worry about that one. Um, victory. Uh, s- is this in order? No, it's not in order. It's just in general. Uh, so Brisbane, victory. Um, I'll say West Sydney. Um, I'll, I'll say Adelaide as well, because I think Adelaide will have a good season. Uh, and I had one other at the top of my tongue. Jets, huh? Uh Perth. You know Sorry. what? Dig God. Yeah, Don't say no, Perth. Not, not Perth. Not Perth. Uh, actually, you know what? Hart. I'll throw Hart in as the, as the roughie in sixth so place. The thing is, I'm is leaving that... Sydney out. I'm leaving Central Coast out because I think Central Coast are going to absolutely have a rubbish season. And I know that truthfully that doesn't happen, especially with Graham Arnold and the kind of general way they do things there. But I think they're going to go from championship, I... championship winners to... Yeah, yeah, they're simply not going to have McBreen's output. They cannot expect him to score 19 goals a season. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Anyway. Saying that we didn't expect that the previous season. Mm. But that's a quick five five. Oh, one Is more it? question. Oh, that's been the fourth one question. Again. Come on, got one more to go. Where's your maths? You said four. It's five. That's all we asked for this one. Anyway, last question. Now, this one from Justin Weir. 
I'm assuming Justin, you've seen uh, a f- some footage of Shane Stefano from that from the Family Fun Day. But anyway, why was Shane showing no fashion sense at the Family Day se- uh, season launch? And oh, sorry, the misses and the female friends could not stop laughing at him. Personally, before I get on to you guys, I've no idea what you're on about. I don't think he was different to anyone else. But then again, I didn't actually remember seeing him. So yeah, I'm pretty sure Did they you all. See him? What was he? What I, was I, I it, saw. I saw him, but I don't remember their fashions being anything different. I think I it was just a regulation polo and pants. Yeah, traditionally, Luke Bratton's rubbish with with clothes. And if we can find yeah, it, Bratton we'll, and fashion we'll, just doesn't go. If together. we can find it, we'll flash up a graphic. Um, but and then we'll point we and laugh at it. Yeah, and, yeah, if 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 you've got a picture of something, if it's on Flickr, there, Justin, let us know. Send us a, put it on our Facebook or, or whatever, and uh, let us know what you're on about because he's wearing a shirt and shorts or yeah. shirt and pants. There you go. All right, cool, Ben. So that's the broadcast for this uh, episode one of season three. Welcome to season three. Welcome to the 2013-14 A-League season. Um, That's it. We'll see you next week. Same time, same place. From now on, we're going to do weekly stuff. Not this bi-weekly. We're going to be every week. We'll see you with a win. Looking forward to the first home game of the season against the Scum. And that's, Dirty blue scum. That's going to be good. Thanks, guys. See you yeah. later. Thank you.